Welcome to New Covenant Church. You are listening to this week's message with Senior Pastor Chris Valdez. Father, we welcome you. And we do cry out that you would pour your Holy Spirit out, Lord, your word to say in the last days that you would pour out your Spirit, your Holy Spirit on all flesh. Father, your word says not only does the Holy Spirit uh, reveal truth to us, Lord, he's our encourager. He gives us the power and the ability to follow you, to follow Jesus Christ as he called us to. Lord, we cannot do this walk alone, and you did not leave us alone. Jesus said it was better, as hard as it was for the disciples to believe, he said it's better that I go because I will send you the Holy Spirit. Father, fill us with your spirit that we might hear your voice. That you would transform our hearts, transform our lives. To follow you as you lead and call. Lord, that the world might know that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And he is seated on his throne today and has always been and will always be. Father, we give you all glory and all honor and all praise this morning. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We are so glad that you are with us this morning. If you're a guest, welcome. Also, those joining us online, welcome. We're so glad that you are with us this morning. Well, this morning we're finishing up a series that we've been on for the last few weeks on the book of Acts. And, uh, and if you look at the heading or the chapter heading in, or, or the book heading in most of your Bibles, it, uh, you're most likely going to see it uh, termed the Acts of the Disciples. Um, but what we've been titling this series is the Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because we have seen how the Holy Spirit was not only active in the early church, he was absolutely essential in their ability to follow Jesus Christ. If you were with us when we first started the series, you may remember that I said that the Gospel of Luke is the Spirit-filled life of Jesus. And the book of Acts is the Spirit-filled life of believers. Jesus walked out the perfect example of following the Father, led of the Holy Spirit. And what we saw was that the Holy Spirit was necessary for Jesus to fulfill all of his calling while he was here on this earth. And if Jesus Christ, the Son of God, needed the help and needed the encouragement, needed the power, needed the ability given by the Holy Spirit throughout his ministry, how much more do we need that same Holy Spirit? In Luke 4, 18 through 19, Jesus shared uh, what his ministry would be and where he would get that ability from to fulfill it. Jesus said these words. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has, he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus finishes up this statement in verse 21 by saying, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. This was a prophecy from Isaiah. And you can find this prophecy in Isaiah 61, 1 through 2. 
But what Jesus was effectively saying was, I am the Messiah. I am the Son of God. And this scripture, this prophecy from Isaiah, hundreds and hundreds of years before, has been fulfilled this day. And Jesus said, I am anointed to proclaim by the power of the Holy Spirit. He said, I am sent by the Holy Spirit. I am given the ability and power to heal and to set people free by the power of the Holy Spirit. I can do everything the Father has called me to do because the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Son of God in flesh on this earth, the perfect example of the human life relied on the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in his life to do what the Father had called him to do. And Jesus knew that we would need the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our lives as well. In another place, Jesus actually, actually it's Hebrews, it says that Jesus Christ emptied himself He did not count himself equal to God when he was here on this earth, even though he was. But he did that so he could be like us. And that's why he needed the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit on his life, just like we do. And in Acts 1, 4 through 13, Jesus gave them this command. It says, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So Jesus knew that the Holy Spirit was so essential, so critical to their walk with Him, to their ability to follow Him as He was calling them to, that He said, you are not to go anywhere. You are not to do anything until you are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. And then in verse 7 it says, He said to them, It's not for you to know the times or the seasons that the Father has fixed by His own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when He had said these things as they were looking on, He was lifted up and a cloud took Him out of their sight. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is one of five New Testament proclamations of the Great Commission. In the Great Commission, Jesus directly charges his disciples to go and preach the gospel to the whole world. And in this passage, the Great Commission is preceded by Jesus' promise of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that gives us the power and ability to fulfill the go of this calling. To be His witnesses in Jerusalem, which is locally. In Judea, which is nationally. In Samaria, which is cross-culturally. And even to the ends of the earth, internationally. One of the Holy Spirit's functions, one of the reasons that He comes to us is to convince us to go. It is clear that we don't have the ability or the power to do what God has called us to do. 
We certainly don't have the power to perform miracles or healings apart from Him. We have to be working in the power of the Holy Spirit and the will of the Father to do any of these things. But before any of these things can ever happen, we need to receive the Holy Spirit's first anointing, the power to act, and the ability to go. We've talked a lot about this power, this word that's used here. It's uh, the word dunamis in Greek. And we've talked about it in almost every message in this series. And it literally, it describes the ability to perform an activity. And it also refers to miracles, both those done by Jesus Christ, by the disciples, and by other believers throughout Scripture. I also mentioned in one of the previous messages that it also refers to competency and and ability. The servants that were given talents in the parable that Jesus shared were given talents according to their ability. And that word is that same word, dunamis. And my prayer this morning is that we will see that it's the Holy Spirit that gives us the power and ability to go and to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. It's the Holy Spirit that enables us to go and do whatever it is that the Father calls us to do. As I mentioned a moment ago, the same word is the word used in that parable of the talents regarding the ability of the servants. The ones with more ability were given more talents. And that word uh, talent is just a word for uh, their type of money. And it was a decent sum of money. And it says that the ones with more ability, the the more dunamis, were given more talents. And the one with less ability were given less talents. But the amount of their ability or the amount of the talents that they were given is not the point of the story. The point of the parable is that we are all called to be a good steward of what God has given us. Being a good steward includes our talents, the giftings that God has given you. It includes the blessing that he's, he's blessed us with, the natural talent, the learned talent, our, our mind, our comprehension is a gift from God. Everything that he brings into our life, but it also includes the people that God has placed in our life. We are all stewards of everything that God has given us. Stewarding well is a slow process. It doesn't happen quickly. We live right now in a microwave generation, but we serve the same crockpot God that has always existed. God doesn't do things fast. He's so patient. He knows when it's time. He's never late, but he's absolutely never early. He's always right on time. And it's never fast enough for us. We always want whatever it is faster, faster, faster. And he says, I don't work that way. Discipleship is a slow process. Stewarding is a slow process. Raising our children is a slow process. Cultivating our relationship with our spouse is a slow process. None of these things happen overnight. And following Jesus is a lifelong process. In the parable of the talents, the master placed different amounts of money in the hands of each of their servants based on their ability. And the master had an expectation. His expectation was to return to more than he'd given them. 
He expected a return on the investment. He expected them to use the gifting and the talent and the ability, the dunamis, the power that they had been given. And he expected a return. He expected to come back to an increase. I want you to think about the people that God has placed in your life. Your spouse, your children, your friends, your family, your co-workers. Even those people that you may only run into and have an encounter for a few minutes. Over the course of time, are people better off for having known us? Are they better off for having been influenced by us. Every person has to make the choice to follow Jesus Christ on their own. And one thing I don't want anybody walking out uh, of this uh, message this morning with is, is a guilt or a failure feeling where like, you may think or question yourself, like, I, I had this relationship with this person, and if I'd have only said the right thing or done the right thing, if I'd have done my part, then I would have gotten them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. But I must have done something wrong because I've encountered them. Or, or even people, you know, there's many who have raised children their whole life, and they raise them uh, up in the Word of God, but to this day they still are not following Jesus Christ the way that you may want them to or that you may desire them to. But that person has to choose on their own to follow Jesus Christ. He won't make anyone follow Him. It's a gift. It's by grace that we've all been saved. But each one of us has to choose to receive it. And something that that God revealed to me early on when He called me into ministry was He showed me in Scripture that Jesus Christ did not save everyone that He encountered. When you read through the New Testament, Jesus Christ would, would make the perfect environment, the best case scenario for an individual to encounter the truth that resided in him, that he was the Son of God, to hear from the Holy Spirit, to receive the relationship that the Father wanted for them. But many of them rejected him, and he did it absolutely perfectly. So it's not about us uh, doing it right and we'll get everyone. It's about us following Him, walking in the power and ability of the Holy Spirit, le- letting Him lead us into the areas that He would have us minister and leaving the results to Him. But when we do that, I absolutely guarantee that God will come through over and over and over. And there will be fruit that comes from those relationships that when He comes back, He will find that in many of the relationships, many of the people that we interacted with, He comes back to more than He left us with. Because we allowed Him to use us in that situation and in that relationship. That being said, I think it's still a reasonable expectation that God has that the people we live with and encounter throughout our lives are given back to Him better than they were when He placed them in our life. If we are living with Christ Jesus in us, then that should be who they are encountering when they encounter us. If we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, then we belong to God And in the broader sense, even those who have not received Christ, they still belong to Him as well. They just don't have a relationship with Him. 
He created all of us, but he lets us choose whether we will follow him and walk with him. Jesus Christ died for all of us. He died for us to be able to have that relationship with the Father restored. And it's a reasonable expectation that he gets the people he puts in our life to walk with and disciple better than they were before they encountered us. All of us leave a mark on someone. It's almost like a thumbprint. But what kind of mark do we leave? It's either good, bad, or indifferent. One of those three things, when, whether it's for ten minutes or ten years, people are going to walk away from their encounter, from their relationship with us, with a good encounter, with a good imprint, or with a bad one, or with an indifferent one. And our heart at NCC is that we would reach people for Jesus Christ, Not because we need more people, not because we want every seat to be filled or to grow a bigger church. That's not our goal. We want to reach people for Jesus Christ because everyone needs a relationship with Jesus Christ. We come into this world alive in the flesh but dead in the spirit. And every single one of us needs to encounter Jesus Christ to have the opportunity to be resurrected just like we saw in this baptism in newness of life, in alive in the spirit of Jesus Christ. Look how this passage in Acts finishes starting in verse 10. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus who is taken up from you into heaven will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. And then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. And when they had entered, they went up to the upper room. Jesus had said, Wait for the Holy Spirit. Wait until he gives you the power, the ability to go and to do everything that I've commanded you. And what happens when he leaves? They just stand there in a daze. Seeing if they can still see him. What do we do now? And it takes two angels coming into their presence to be like, hey, guys. Stop looking up at the sky. Go do what he told you to do. He said, go back and wait. Wait. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything until you receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And then it says they go. And the Word says that the Holy Spirit does come. And from that moment, everything changes. If we have been saved and baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, we are called exactly as they are and they were to go and to do what God is calling us to go and to do. In Luke 10.2, we read, And he, Jesus, is speaking and said to them, The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. The harvest is plentiful, 
but the laborers are few. We're supposed to be praying that the Lord of the harvest would send out laborers into that harvest. Who should be the first one? Maybe, maybe we, before we pray for him to send out other people, we should pray that he sends us out first. Father, I'm here. I know there's, you need a lot of laborers. I'll, I'll, I'm ready. I'll be the first one. And then I'll pray for others to join me. No one is exempt in the kingdom of God. If we have believed, if we have been baptized, if we have received the power of the Holy Spirit, then we have been called to go and to do with Him. He enables us. He gives us the ability to do what He's called us to do. He doesn't give us the ability to, or the power to do what He hasn't called us to do. So many of us, including myself, do so many things that He has not called us to do. And it absolutely destroys us. It wears us out. We cry out, God, where are you? He says, I'm over here waiting to the, at the place that I called you to be. Jesus said, my burden is light. Cast off the heavy burden that you've put on yourself that I never called you to carry. And put on the burden that I sent the Holy Spirit to help you carry. He's going to give you the ability and the power to do it. Jesus Christ said when he left, or before he left, you're going to do greater things than I did. Not because we're greater, but because the Father has greater plans. And as hard as it was for them to believe, he said, it's better that I go because I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And they believed him so much, they just stood there looking up at a blank sky. Because what are we going to do without you? But thanks to those two angels, the kick in the pants to go, go and wait like he told you to. And they waited and they received the power of the Holy Spirit. And from that moment on, you can't recognize any of those men. They weren't the same. They had the power and the ability from God to do everything that he had called them to do. Our heart at NCC is that all people would come to know, hear, and respond to Jesus Christ through relationship with his body. For that to happen, we have to go. And we have to do. We have to fulfill the call of God on each one of our lives, whatever that call may be. We need to be good stewards with every person, with every gift, with every ability that God has placed in our life. Thank God that he hasn't left us alone. He has given us the power and the ability to go and do everything that he has for us in the power of the Holy Spirit, our helper, our enabler, our encourager, our comforter, our constant companion. I mentioned earlier that we leave a mark or an imprint, like a fingerprint on everyone that we encounter, good, bad, or indifferent. And in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he gets this same idea across. And it's found in 1 Corinthians 3, 1 through 3. Listen. Listen to these words. 
Are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, as some do, letters of recommendation to you or from you? You yourselves are our letter of recommendation, written on your hearts to be known and read by all. And you show that you are a letter from Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. They left an imprint, the imprint of Jesus Christ on their heart. And he says, you're our letter. You're taking the gospel to the next person. And you're going to leave that imprint on them. And they're going to take that imprint and they're going to leave it on the next person. And in the last 2,000 years, those imprints have literally gone throughout the entire world. And you can't go into a nation or a place anywhere in this world without people who know that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Because someone whose heart had been imprinted on with Jesus Christ, went in the power of the Holy Spirit and proclaimed the gospel and left it on their life so that it could be transferred and transferred. But like we said before, it's a slow, long process. Relationships don't get built overnight. Living our example in front of other people doesn't happen overnight. It's a long, slow process, but it's what we're all called to do. Over a year ago now, it's actually probably getting close to a year and a half, maybe two years, prior to COVID, we had developed a new Members Connect class, and uh, we actually created it to be done online as well, and we started an in-person one that's actually finishing up this morning. Um, but our heart was, and, and, and also did a series on our vision of, of service in this part of the body of Christ. And we say it that way because this is not the body of Christ. We are one small part of the body of Christ. And there's another part down the street, and there's another part down this way. There's probably like 40 parts of, of churches, of believers gathering in this community alone who are all part of the body of Christ. And it takes every part of a body working together to fulfill the function necessary to do what we're called to do. How many of you have ever had one part of your body not working right and it affects everything else? Your big toe could be hurting and you can't even function because of the pain, because of it not doing what it's supposed to do. One finger, one sore rib, one sore shoulder, one sore elbow affects everything that we do. We need every single part of the body of Christ to do what it's called to do. Every single one of us knowing and hearing and responding to Jesus Christ with each other and saying, God, where would you send me? Where am I supposed to go? What do you have for me to do? And our heart in in this church, in this part of the body, isn't that everybody be active in this campus, in these four walls, or, or across the parking lot, in our children and youth building. We have plenty of places for people to connect, and we have plenty of ministries that are occurring in those places. But there are people in this body that are called not in any of those places. They're called out into this community. 
We have people whose, whose business is their ministry. They minister to their employees and to their customers every day. And they come to this place to receive ministry and to worship together. And then they go out and make disciples. It doesn't matter where He calls you. It matters that you answer the call to where He calls you. Wherever that is. If you go fill a spot in one of our children's ministries and he's not calling you to that, it's not going to be any good for you or them. And there's going to be a spot that's missing out because you're not there. And God's saying, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to join me. I've given you the Holy Spirit that would give you the power and the ability to do miraculous things if you would step into the place that I've actually called you. But we say, well, that that makes me uncomfortable. I'm going to go over here. Kind of makes you think of Jonah. God called him to go prophesy to Nineveh, but he went every which place he could except to the place that God wanted him to be. And through a lot of fun circumstances, God got him (laughs) where he wanted him to be. It is so much easier. His burden is so much lighter if we'll do what he calls us to do. So in this part of the body, we do have early childhood and NCC kids and NCC youth and those three ministries go from two weeks old all the way to senior high. We also have Heritage Daycare that has, I think right now we're about 75 children. Those, those four ministries, I would say, are our evangelistic arm of New Covenant. More families have been brought in through the ministry that we provide to their children than I think any other area of our church. Kids from from the daycare who have unsaved parents go home praying over their meals, singing worship songs. We've literally had testimonies of parents coming in and saying their kids sat down at dinner and they said, well, we got to pray. I go, okay, and the kid leads them in prayer. They're singing the worship songs that they learn. On, on Wednesday night, NCC Kids, we'll have 80 first through fifth graders over there. That's about two times or three times what we'll have on a Sunday morning. That's evangelistic. We're reaching out to those families, and those kids can witness and minister to their parents. If you're called into any one of those areas, you are evangelizing this community. Even the daycare, we're always looking for strong Christian people uh, who feel called to minister to, to, again, from two weeks to pre-K. We need Christian women to be in that ministry. That one you actually get paid for, but it's still pretty close to volunteer. <laughs> it's, it's the truth, unfortunately. But it's a ministry. And we need people. I know there are so many people that are called in this community to be in that daycare, but they haven't answered the call yet. And we who have answered the call, wherever it is, need to be praying to the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into His harvest because the harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. And that's what He's calling us to do. We have a safety team that keeps us safe every Sunday and Wednesday and any other event that we have. We have a hospitality team that provides the coffee and the donuts. And um, they also make meals. Like you can sign up for that team and it would be like when we have a funeral or a bereavement, you can help by just making a meal. 
We have greeters that we, we hope greet everyone that walks onto this uh, campus with a smile and Jesus Christ love in their hearts and that everyone who comes in has that interaction and has that 30-second imprint of Christ's love put on their heart. Ministry teams, which right now is almost non-existent, but we, we want to rebuild our ministry teams of, of people available to pray for those who come in on Sundays and need prayer. We have intercessors uh, who pray throughout the week for all the prayer requests that are submitted and our worship team and life groups. So many areas. We actually are going to have that, uh, and this was something, like I said, we were going to do a year and a half ago and then COVID hit, but we've kind of just got all those things back together. But there's going to be a table out in the foyer for the next, this week and three more weeks. Um, it says, uh, and I think, that, oh, it's not up there yet. I, I think I skipped that part. Um, one of the things that I shared about was that, that, we, in, at NCC, we were one body and one team. That it doesn't matter where God calls you. If you're a teacher and your ministry is to your students, and that's where he's calling you to put all of your time, all of your energy, all of your prayer, all of your witnessing, then we want to walk with you in that. You are part of this body, and you are as much a part of this team as if you're a greeter or an intercessor or a children's worker or a youth pastor, whatever Because if you're answering the call to do what God has called you to do, then you're doing your part in the body, and that's the most important part you could play. It's the only one we're supposed to play. It's the only one that he's going to give us the ability and the power to play. I want to give two quick examples, and then we'll close. And this is of two other places outside uh, of the church, but of parts of our body that have filled this, this calling. Uh, Marissa Skiles, uh, many years ago, felt called to start a ministry. It's a nonprofit ministry called Wings of Eagles, and she was at the early service. Uh, Abby Taylor has come on. Quite a, you've probably been on it a few years, three years. Okay, so Abby's been volunteering in that area of ministry. Um, so what this, what this ministry is, is Wings of Eagles is an outreach ministry that provides a comfortable place for students to hang out, to do their homework, uh, involve the students in community projects and many other needs uh, the teens may have. They're actually the ones we showed pictures when we did um, our year-end kind of review of all those kids that helped take all the sacks that we gathered for the Thanksgiving meals. They carried them to the mission, and it was, I think, over a 1,000 pounds of food. I was, we were very grateful for the help, and they've already committed to helping us uh, take all the groceries that we're collecting now over when we're done with this, uh, with this current year's ministry. All of the activities are an effort to develop a relationship with the youth and show them the love of Jesus Christ. And they're reaching kids that wouldn't come into our youth group or come into this place, a lot like Young Life uh, Ministry. Wings of Eagles is praying for volunteers to work directly with the students as well as drivers for after-school pickup and food preparation and organization to feed the students each week. If you're interested in that ministry, you can contact Marissa or... um, Abby, I just I said it earlier. <laughs> Abby, uh, for details. If you don't know uh, who they are, have their contact information. You can get with us, and we'll give it to you. Uh, the second ministry that I want to ha- highlight, we got these two ladies right here, Jacqueline, Jean, and Lucy. Um, how many years have y'all been doing Bwali? 
almost two years. So the same thing, God placed on their heart uh, a women's ministry focused on encouraging active and sustainable faith. And they worked to be active in the lives of women beyond their own organization uh, to help out with needs in the community, with churches. They came to our ministerial alliance meeting and just said anything any of the churches in the community are doing that you need help with, they'd be happy to participate and work with. Um, and they go far beyond that. They just had a women's retreat a couple of weeks ago that was, uh, how many women did y'all have? Like 16. Yeah, very good turnout. And their heart is to live out their faith as God calls them to do. And both of these are just examples that I wanted to bring because these are people, women, who are part of this body. And those ministries aren't new. They, both of those are nonprofit ministries that these, these three ladies founded and started in this community because they saw a need that wasn't being met and God put it on their heart to do it. And they said, we're free. We're available. If you call us to go, we'll go and we'll do. And just like he may be leading some of you to be in ministries that are part of this body or maybe calling you to join one of those, there may be others that he's put a burden on your heart and you've thought, well, that doesn't exist in Lampasas. How can I do it? It's not here. Well, maybe he's calling you to do it. Maybe that's your ministry and he will, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will give you the power and the ability to do and it will be a light load to carry because he will carry it with you. It's his promise. We're all called to ministry. No one's exempt. If we've been saved and baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit, we're called. We're called to go. We're called to do. We're called to be in a relationship with him and a relationship with the body of Christ. Will you bow your head with me as we close in prayer? Dearly Father, I just thank you. I thank you for your wisdom. That you know us so well. Lord, as much as the disciples wanted you to stay, you knew it was better for you to go and to send us the Holy Spirit. And even though they looked up at a blank sky first, Lord, they went to the upper room and they waited. Father, I pray that we would wait on you. That we would receive the power, the ability the Holy Spirit has for us to do what you're calling us to do. That our ears would be open to hear your voice. That our eyes would be open to see what you're doing in your kingdom on this earth today. And that you would show us where we're supposed to participate. Lord, and that all of our answer would be yes in me. I'll go first. And then I'll pray for my brothers and sisters to come join me. Lord, we know the harvest is plentiful and we know the laborers are few. Father, I pray the Holy Spirit would show us that place that you're calling us to walk with you and that we would have total and complete faith and trust that you will give us the ability and the power to do everything you've called us to do. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Will you stand with me as we close in worship? The fragrance of heaven. Pour your spirit out. Pour your spirit out. A holy anointing. 
I like that that picture of the, the disciples standing there. Man, he went high. Can you, you still see his feet? I think I see his robe flapping. They were looking for somewhere that they weren't called to be. Their ministry was right here in front of them. We don't stand around looking up at heaven. We do this. Like, ha-ha, heart. Like, if you want to impact somebody's life, don't put your thumbprint right here. Put your thumbprint on their hand. Grab it. Put your arm around their neck. Let them know you're there for them. I don't know all the answers, but I'm going to walk with you on this. I know the one that does. Let me pray for you. Let me walk with you on this. Let me encourage you. It's it's right here. It's, it's not right there. Okay. Second sermon's over. Mine's faster. I don't have announcements today. What I do have are places for you to join in relationship and connect with others around here at NCC and in our community. And some of them are super easy. If if you are a a fellowship kind of person, Friday mornings at 7 o'clock, go to Common Grounds, drink some coffee, eat a snack, talk to somebody. Learn about them. Let them learn about you and who you are. If you're new here, great place to meet the people of this community. Tonight, if you're from the 6th grade to the 12th grade, this is Sunday fun day. It's an easy, no-pressure time to see the facilities and meet the people that meet together for youth on Sunday nights. Amanda Allen's going to be there. They're excited. Sunday fun day. It's going to be a good time. No pressure. Also tonight, right here at 430, ladies, bring a friend, bring a neighbor, bring a sister, bring your daughters. Come to movie night tonight. Uh, there's going to be popcorn and water. If you need a Mojo's or a cherry cream, whatever, slush, bring that with you. The movie's free. The entertainment's going to be free as well. Come join time with your ladies tonight. Starting this Wednesday, Pastor Daryl on the 27th during Wednesday night services, 630 to 730 over in the conference room. He's going to do a four-week class on 2 Timothy 1-7. Four weeks with Pastor Daryl. You know that's going to be good, or we wouldn't call him our teaching pastor. All right. If you don't want to talk, if you don't want to spend time with people, but God's blessed you and you want to bless other people, we have opportunities for that as well. Our Thanksgiving food drive is one of those. Go out, buy some food, put it in a bag, put it on a table outside. It's just that easy. Through November the 7th, if you wait past that, you'll have to take it to the mission. All right, another way that you can bless other people with just being able to write a check, go to dinner, support New Beginnings of Restoration and Hope Pregnancy Resource Center here in Lampasas. If you want to go to that benefit dinner, see Becky Verano. If you just want to bless them with a check, see Becky Verano. She's outside in the lobby. If you don't know who she is, ask around. Somebody around you will know who she is. And lastly, next Sunday, 
is our fifth Sunday, which means family worship time. Your kids from first grade and up, they'll be in here with us getting to see what big people do, seeing how we praise and worship. No pressure, okay? Because they do it big over there, so we want to see them, you know, we want to spend time with them here. And if they're, uh, you know, kindergarten and below, they'll still go to early childhood. But next Sunday, bring a friend. Also, a great opportunity to bring somebody who's never been to church or new to the community just to come see who we are and what we do. Let me pray for you. Father God, thank you that your Holy Spirit ministers to us in a very real and personal way to us as individuals. And Father God, I thank you that you will bless those intersections of connection that you send us to this week, the people that we meet throughout our daily walk. And Father God, just show us who we're to be and let us have them leave our company in better shape than when they showed up because of who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you all. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's message. 